Did you spend some of your time this weekend, maybe yesterday, yesterday sitting around watching sports, watching uh, Toronto football, on the football side, losing, but on the basketball side, winning, maybe watching some F1, sitting on the couch. Now you're thinking to yourself, now is this, I probably, I probably should be doing something more than this, especially when I start thinking about my brain health and thinking about my mind as I start to get older and each and every day. And I think to myself, okay, maybe what I should be doing, maybe what I should be doing is some kind of puzzle. Maybe I should be doing a crossword puzzle. Maybe I should do some kind of math thing. I don't know. Maybe I should learn a language or a new skill. Maybe that'll keep my brain sharp. Or, or would it be better to just get up off this couch, call up a bud, and go out for a walk and just... I don't know, spill the tea for a couple of hours, just talk about stuff. Well, my next guest says you really need to start thinking about your social experience when you start thinking about your brain health. Dr. Leslie Fellows is a professor of neurology and neurosurgery at McGill. Welcome to the program, doctor. Hi, thanks for having me. So how do we think about brain health and think about you know, our societal engagement, friends and that sort of thing. How do you characterize those things? How important is it? Well, I guess, first of all, I think about brain health in a really sort of big way. So to include both memory, thinking, that kind of brain function, and also mental health, that these are closely wrapped up together, that they all come from the brain. So if we're thinking about brain health, we have to think of the whole package. Mm -hmm. And then we need to think about... um, what the brain for, and a lot of the human brain is actually for social activity. We're very social animals, and um, a lot of the brain, language function, all kinds of aspects of of the brain's functions are really for social activity. Um, So if you're trying to, you know, keep your brain in tip-top shape, keeping it engaged socially is perhaps one of the most important things you can do. So interesting because I think we have all experienced increased isolation because of the pandemic. I know I'm I'm at a point where I may basically I leave the house to come to work and then I go home. I go home. I don't go out and do much anymore. And I think a lot of us are experiencing that. Does that have a negative outcome on our brain health? Well, I think the pandemic really shows us all how important people are to our own individual health. Um, so for sure, being isolated, feeling lonely. Uh, this is bad for mental health and, and bad for uh, cognitive health uh, more generally. And perhaps that's maybe surprising to people. But uh, the two together are, require us to interact with people. And that could include on the phone. I'm not you know, proposing people should, should gather together and put themselves at risk from a public health point of view. But any kind of connection is uh, important. And the pandemic sort of showed us what we, what we missed when we missed those connections. Can you expand a little bit on the science behind social interaction and cognitive health? Well, actually, that science is really just beginning. We've, we've known for a long time, I think it's common sense that, that social, the social environment is very important to people's health. Um, so whether that's meaningful work, a sense of community, connection, or I guess on the flip side, feeling lonely or stigmatized or isolated, um, those have influences on the brain. But exactly how that works is not clear. So some of the ideas are that because so much of the brain is involved when you have social interactions, that social interactions are going to drive brain plasticity and help the brain develop and stay in in good shape if you want. But there may also be other mechanisms. For example, the stress of being marginalized or stigmatized may have biological effects on certain parts of the brain. 
that could uh, reduce uh, the brain's capacities or prevent the brain from responding to illness as effectively. Um, so we're just really at the beginning of understanding how all that works. Uh, I think it's a very exciting area for research because it could, it could give us some, some directions that might be really generally helpful to prevent decline with age or to help people who are facing challenges, whether they're mental health or cognitive health challenges. There might be some secrets there that, that uh, researchers need to really work on. On the cognitive side, is there any research that suggests that there's a difference in genders in terms of brain development? Well, there's lots of research on, on effects of sex and gender on brain development. I don't know that there's that much about the relationship, the, the effects on, in terms of social interaction. I right. Don't think I guess really I, I, I mischaracterized that in terms of, you know, if, if one, because I think of, you know, some studies that we have, you know, women, you know, fare worse in certain circumstances with mental health. And I'm just wondering if that translates into cognitive as well. Well, that's an interesting and I don't think a question that we really have clear answers to. Uh, very complicated to study so many factors. One of the things we do know, though, is that, for example, inequity, poverty and marginalization are definitely bad for brain and cognition. So unfortunately, women are more likely to experience those things as are other groups that are, you know, less accepted perhaps in society. And that society in that sense can make people's individual brain health worse. And it's something we should perhaps be thinking about as a society. Speaking with Dr. Leslie Fellows, who's a professor of neurology and neurosurgery at McGill. Uh, Dr. Fellows, you're, you're at a Christmas cocktail party and people find out what you do for a living. And then their first question is, how do I strengthen my own brain health? What do you tell them? So in the moment, uh, we know that, that there are a few things you can do to keep your brain in, in good you know, shape in the moment. And those are simple things, really getting enough sleep, managing stress, avoiding a lot of alcohol, maybe that cocktail better be a mocktail uh, <laughs> or other sort of mind altering drugs. So in the moment, those kinds of, of things can help. Also reducing multitasking, reducing the demands we put on our brains. We expect a lot of our brains these days. We, we distract ourselves. We have a lot going on at once. And the more we can kind of keep the tasks um, simplified and prioritized, the, the, more, the easier for the brain. But people are usually especially worried about their long-term brain health. Um, they want to make sure they stay in good health as they get older. And there, the, the answer is actually maybe a bit surprising. But one of the most important things you can do is, is uh, protect your heart health to protect your brain health. The brain requires a healthy supply of blood. It really counts on the cardiovascular system. So anything that's good for the heart is also really good for the brain. Um, exercise, controlling blood pressure, quitting smoking. Uh, those are important factors that we can actually change and will make a difference in the long run. And then the last is the social engagement that I'm, I think is under, underrated. I think that people should be uh, doing less Sudoku and more meaningful contributions in their communities and connecting with their family and friends. Some great advice there, Doctor. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Thank you again. No problem. That is Dr. Leslie Fellows, who's a professor of neurology and neurosurgery at McGill University. Are you, are you one of those types that, that would rather sit down with a book full of puzzles than actually have an interaction with another human being? <laughs> I'm, I'm terrible at Sudoku, but I'm also terrible at picking up the phone and, you know, keeping in contact with friends. I, I, 
it just I just find it more and more difficult. And I'm not sure if that's just the after effects of the pandemic, not the after effects, the effects of the ongoing pandemic, or what it is behind that. Maybe I'm just getting older. Just, just that's just what happens. It's so fascinating to think about social interaction being so key to our brain health.